This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Spoiler alert, the opening thought today will be all about the Super Bowl. So we'll, we will hold off our thoughts on the Super Bowl for a moment. If we're looking at who the biggest winner of the weekend, I would say in some ways it's the Toronto Maple Leafs because their horrible performance on Saturday against Columbus gets sort of forgotten because you had a Raptor game on Sunday and then you had the incredible Super Bowl. I also think one of the winners of the weekend was the Raptors for their embarrassing Friday night loss to the Utah Jazz. That's hard twice. Call, hard to call them a winner when they almost balled that one, too. Oof, so. <laughs> oof. But they're the winner because we forget about that embarrassing collapse in the fourth quarter on Friday night. Because you had the Leaf games, another Raptor game in the Super Bowl. So in a lot of ways, the Super Bowl uh, helped to mask some of the odor from this past weekend of our local Toronto sports teams. Hi, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050, and that is producer Nick McVicker. Nick, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Busy weekend, for sure. Yeah. You mentioned two Leafs games, two Raps games, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, in my world, there was the uh, Canadian women's soccer strike that lasted a day. But not over yet. Like, well, the strike is over. Yes. But the negotiations are a mess. and They're also a winner because that got kind of swept under the rug because of everything else as well. Canada soccer, not the women. I mean, Yeah, yeah. And uh, they will, the, has agreed to return to training and will play in the She Believes Cup, which is uh, going to be happening. Starts Saturday. Yeah, as, uh, they're going to be playing against the U.S., Brazil, Japan, and the Women's World Cup, which is going to be in Australia and New Zealand, and New Zealand, excuse me, on July 20th. Yeah. So yeah, that was a massive story. And like I, I'm trying to hold out until we see all the news from Soccer Canada's side because the easy thing is to obviously support the women right. and to be very suspicious and just to go boo Soccer Canada. What's with that group that you are with? That's Canada uh, you, Soccer Business. Canada, the yeah, thing the, that everyone Canada <laughs> Soccer Business, the CSB. And you're like. Who is this private company? Wait, you gave them your rights for everything, and then, but then that's complicated because when they originally signed that deal, it certainly helped Canada soccer at a time when the game wasn't as big or as popular and successful as it is also, now. Also, without it, there would be no Canadian Premier League, which is huge for the, pa- the yeah. pathway for young players. So I just, I didn't like, and you saw this on Twitter, the easy thing to do, and, and a lot of part, the right thing to do is just go support the women, support the women, support the women. It's, it's easy. It's obviously true. But I just didn't want to take the easy route of just totally um, demonizing Canada soccer until we find out more information. Right, and there's two sides to it, obviously. I mean, we talked about this on Footy First, me and Nico Giansopoulos on Saturday, about like everything that was going on. And there's two sides to it. There's the Canada soccer's corrupt and having a lot of issues, which is true because we saw it just before the World Cup. The, yeah. men, the men threatened to not play in the World Cup, which we knew was never yeah. actually going to happen, but the threat was made. They missed a game in the summer last year. Yes. Lots going on there. But when this came out, it's like, okay, it's the same wording that there's no transparency within the financials of Soccer Canada, and that's what's f- angering 
the players the most on both the men's and women's side because the men came out and said we 100 percent fully support the women on this which i mean they they kind of have, have to. to but at yeah. the same time i truly believe <laughs> that they do support the women on it so well taking everything uh, like emotion out of it just we're now hearing the same thing again that we heard uh, as you just said that makes it seem okay um, I got a lot of raised eyebrows and red flags at uh, at Canada. Also, I have soccer. to laugh that we're having this conversation as we're having this conversation. Mm. Canada announced their final squad for the She Believes Cup. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Do not, or try your best not to, focus on the official call near the end of the Super Bowl. You know the one, the defensive holding penalty on James Bradbury. Now, if you live in Philly, Pennsylvania, or if you bet on the Eagles, you will not heed my advice. Something tells me Al's brother has already tuned out this opening thought. Tough night for you, buddy. But even James Bradbury admitted that that call late in the fourth quarter, that that penalty was on him. Here's what James had to say after the Super Bowl. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. He's a big game. Um, and it was, it was a hold, so they called it. So that kind of takes the decibel level down of the yelling and screaming that we always like to do at officials. It's one of our favorite pastimes. The national pastime is not baseball. It is complaining about officials, and often rightfully so. We see, we can see on our HD TVs the mistakes that are made in all sports. But my hope, I hope the first sentence of this game is not that penalty. And we'll we'll get in on it in a second. Because here's to me is the order of what should be discussed today. Number one, bigger picture, Patrick Mahomes' historic season. Two Super Bowl rings, he's 27. He's done something no player, no quarterback has ever done. He won the regular season MVP, Super Bowl MVP, led the NFL in passing touchdowns and passing yards. Now, only two other quarterbacks, or three other quarterbacks, Brady, Manning, and Warner, have ever accomplished those things. None of them have ever done it in the same season. He did that without Tyreek Hill. His numbers were good. They were efficient. It just was a tough night because a lot of people bet the over for yardage. The problem is he just never had the ball, especially in the first half. And part of that was you get a fumble return touchdown. Well, that's another drive. Boop, you're gone. And the third quarter, there was only two drives. So 182 yards, three touchdowns passing, 44 yards rushing, and zero turnovers. Maybe the most remarkable thing. Think about how you were feeling at the end of the first half. KC was down by 10. Patrick Mahomes is limping again. It looks like the AFC Championship game. And then comes a tweet. Chad Henney is warming up. Those five words are scary for anyone who just wanted a good game. I gotta, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. At one point, I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, that's it. This game's going to stink. Then Mahomes in the second half, 13 of 14. I think his one incompletion was like a throwaway. Um, four straight scoring drives. Incredible passer rating. Just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Game-winning field goal. 
That should be the number one story. Number two, I can easily make the case Jalen Hurts should have been the MVP. We've had one other Super Bowl linebacker for Dallas. Chuck Howley was named the MVP. Cowboys lost to the Colts. I could go more and more on Super Bowl trivia, but I already beat Aaron Korolnik 9-1 on the morning show today. Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field yesterday. It was not Mahomes. Over 300 yards passing, 70 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Tied Terrell Davis, most touchdown rushes. Set a quarterback quarterback record for the most rush yards. He made one mistake. He lost that fumble. Bad mistake. Bad mistake by him. What I was impressed, though, was after the game was tied, after the fumble return touchdown by KC, what was the first play? It was a quarterback design run. Philly would score a touchdown on the following drive. 48 yards rushing for Jalen Hurts. He was incredible. The third story, the Kansas City offensive line. The Eagles' defense was bad, really bad, and it started up front. How many times did you say the names of any of the Eagles' defensive linemen? How many people on FanDuel lost money because they took the over on sacks by any number of Eagles defensive linemen for them at 10 or more in the regular season? Zero sacks on 27 pass attempts. Casey ran the ball for just under 160 yards. The second half, Casey, touchdown, 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 game-winning field goal. Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, wide open. You know when you say, huh? I could have thrown that touchdown pass. A lot of you could have. The incredible scheme, but also just breakdowns and coverage. Saw more in Kadarius Tony. The Tony one, he, he, there was like 11 yards between him and the nearest defensive back. Hassan Reddick, zero tackles, one, oh sorry, one tackle, zero sacks. Chiefs offensive line was great. My number four storyline Kansas City. This is what you do when you spend all your money on your quarterback. And by the way, very soon, Patrick Mahomes' contract is going to be a wild underpay. It's going to happen. But you know how you rise above giving so much of your money to your passer? You got to do well with the draft. You got to do well with the transactions. Who caught touchdowns yesterday? Who ran for touchdowns yesterday? Second round rookie, Sky Moore, caught a touchdown. Seventh round rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco. Led every player with the most with 76 rushing yards and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, first year with the team, 7 for 53, drew that call. Kadarius Toney caught a touchdown, Super Bowl record for the longest punt return that helped set up the Sky Moore touchdown that made it 35-27. Incredible work by Kansas City's front office, executives, GM, scouts, all there. Finally, let's talk about the call. When I think about that defensive holding call in James Bradbury, I agree with you. It was weak sauce. It was ticky-tack. It was also the correct call. The problem is, I like to call that penalty there, that is a real estate issue. What's the key to real estate? Location, location, location. It's not about the call. It's about the location of the call. Fourth quarter. Tie game. Uh-oh. Incomplete. Semi-long field goal. Butker missed one already. KC makes it. Philly's got plenty of timeouts. Plenty of time. They can go down, get a touchdown win, or easily get a field goal and go to overtime. We never got to see that. Instead, we saw a tight call that by the letter of the law was correct. 
spirit of the law, now I'll hear your argument. But at the same time, I don't want that to be the focus. This was an incredible game. 38-35. So much happened. And the worst thing about that call, it was it's not even the call, but it made a classic game a little less classic with the last minute being really anticlimactic. It's like that great movie or TV show where you find out it was a dream all this time. It's like people that watch the show Lost. I never saw it, but apparently the ending sucked. You know, it's like, um, just think of uh, the, the final um, Game of Thrones, final episode of Seinfeld. It's like, oh, you almost nailed it, but oh, the ending stunk. But in, in the end, that was a great Super Bowl with the two best teams in football, with the best quarterback in the AFC and the best quarterback in the NFC, where the losing quarterback played better than the winning quarterback. I don't know about you, but you could not have had a much better game than that. And Rihanna was super high up in the air and and and, and that was that felt dangerous but she survived and, and she's pregnant and and now her and serena williams have you know uh, 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 babies in their womb that were part of huge moments and okay i'm getting off topic the main thing is by me talking about rihanna and the halftime show maybe you're not thinking about the officials in the end this was a hell of a super bowl don't focus on one call focus on the entire game and that is my opening thought i'm finished the Sneaky, the sneaky moment of that Super Bowl, the sneaky big play, was a false start by an Eagles guard. Yeah. And you know what? Let's save it. Okay. Let's get to that on the other side. Oh, okay. We'll get to that on the other side. We'll play you some sound. More of my thoughts. Also, a tale of betting woe from producer Nick. Why? Why are you going to do this to me? (laughs) You know, you did it to you. And so did Devonta Smith. And we'll get into that next right here on Gameplay. Happy birthday to Peter Gabriel, who was born on this day in 1950. Jerry Springer, it's his birthday as well. Mike Krzyzewski, Matt Sundin, Randy Moss. And none of them have the co- are the coolest celebrity who was born on this day. That goes to Chuck Yeager. Ace pilot, brigadier general, who became in 1947 the first pilot in history to have exceeded the speed of sound. If anyone's out there, go see the movie or read the book, The Right Stuff. It is an incredible book. I believe that's uh, Norman Mailer. An incredible, incredible book. A really good movie as well. And if you read up on Chuck Yeager, one of the coolest lives ever lived. Hello, this is Gameplay on TSN 1050, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Before I get back to my thoughts on the 38-35 win by the Kansas City Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of FanDuel, it was a tough one for you, wasn't it, yesterday, producer Nick McVicker? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I had a, uh, a six-leg parlay that was undone because Devontae Smith could not stand on his own two feet mm. for one extra yard. Mm. Yeah. So. I needed him to score the touchdown, and it would have a $1 parlay would have paid out $48, and I'm very upset about it. Yeah, that is a tough one. I had A.J. Brown also anytime touchdowns. Oh, I won that one. Yeah, you got that oh, one. Oh, yeah, I got that one. <laughs> Actually... Are you just trying to brag? A little bit. A little bit. Okay, so I'm going to brag now for a second, and I'm sorry for you. Um, The official proclamation on Friday was take Kansas City. Check. My number one prop bet 
at minus 138, both teams to score 20 points or more. Got that one. Yes, the A.J. Brown anytime touchdown, plus 120. Kenneth Gainwell over four and a half rush attempts. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Now, the one I got wrong, I took Mahomes, alternate passing yards, 300 yards or more. Not the best. Not the best. And uh, Javon Hargrave to record a sack. But overall, pretty pretty good work done by me. I will say, I did come out positive as well. When it, when all was said and done, nice. I came out with more money than I put in for the Super Bowl. Not much. I think it was like a buck thirty three overall. But yeah, whatever. I came out positive, which yeah. is good. That that's that's all. That's that the is, goal. That is yeah, exactly. And then that is a goal. We are not trying to help make you rich on gameplay. We are just trying to inform you, entertain you, and help you out with a, a bet here or there. And I'll try if, to stay positive. Yeah, listen. Uh, to quote Smooth Jimmy Apollo, when you're right fifty one percent of the time, you're wrong. 49. Um, this game, from a from a betting perspective, this game stinks if you are an Eagles fan. And I'm not talking about now betting. I'm just talking, but I'm using through the, 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 the lens of betting. Um, at the half, the Eagles were minus 460. That's better than Leafs at home against Arizona. And yes, the Coyotes would inevitably win that game, but minus 460. You had to bet $460 on the Eagles to win 100 at the half. Eagles at the half were favored by seven and a half. Teams leading by double digits at the half, um, 26 and one. Now it's 26 and two. The only other loss, the Falcons. Remember when they were leading by 18 and at one point, 28 to three. Also, if you're an Eagles fan, you were feeling so good. KC, last drive of the first quarter, uh, first half. Oh, don't get anything. Mahomes gets tackled awkwardly, lands on his ankle. He's limping. Eagles get a field goal. They're up by 10, and we're wondering, is Chad Henney coming into the second half? The sneaky big play of the game. Philly's up 14-7. There's 9.39 to go in the second quarter. They're driving. They're on the KC 47-yard line. It's third and one. The most boring play of the Super Bowl was every time Philly had a third or fourth and one. They went into their rugby formation, and Jalen Hurts just under center with a running back and a receiver, one for each of his butt cheeks, just started pushing every time. Get the first down. But in this play, one of the Eagles' guards, false start. Now it's third and six. Got to do more traditional play. Can't just fall forward for a first down. What happens? Jalen Hurts fumbles the ball, just drops it. Gets picked up by Bolton, touchdown, 14-14. If that false start doesn't happen, now it's first and 10. Philly's got a fresh set of downs. They're at the KC 45-yard line. They're up by seven. You know, you could go down and, you know, could score another touchdown. The Eagles offensive line was also great. They were mauling, mauling Kansas City in that first half. That, and instead the game's tied at 14. And I know Philly would score again, and they'd be up by 10. But that play there, the, that mini little sequence, kept Kansas City in that game in that first half. Yeah, and it was really weird like watching that play again because Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball, trying to transition the ball from his left hand to his right hand. After pulling it down and putting it in his left hand to run, your, your right hand dominated. Why are you not... Just leaving the ball in your dominant hand to yeah. run. I didn't understand that 
the initial transfer, and it was on the transfer back to his dominant hand that he fumbles that ball. So it's it's a whole situation, and you're right. It came down to the play before where it was it, it was the right call. Yeah. It's the right call, false start. Let's get the funniest sound. <laughs> now, what you're going to hear, this is live television. And this isn't cable access. This is NBC Sports Philadelphia. Here's at, at, at the after the game is done. The, the NBC Sports Philly TV crew is 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 you know just br- talking about the game, reviewing what happened, and the host uh, Michael Barkin. I think it's Michael Barkin. Uh, and you're going to hear the bleeps. You need to know this on live TV. There was no bleeps of what you're going to hear. And then they get to a third and eight on the 15 yard line and an incomplete pass and call Shepherd's team with a. I mean, utter, complete is unbelievable. It's inexcusable. You don't make a call right then and there. You don't let the game be decided by the officiating. He doubled down on it. Even better, the best part about it is that if you have more, if you've got to listen to more of it, because that for the clip I had didn't have it, Yeah, he's like, it was the right call, but... So- <laughs> no, 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 that's not the best part. The best part about... And unfortunately, people go on YouTube, go and find it. Um... But sitting next to uh, this gentleman who's just dropping S-bombs on live TV on NBC, um, one of his co-hosts, eyes started bugging out, just oh, sitting yeah, there went, quietly. He went full deer in the headlights. <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, I think he's like, wait, can we do that? Can we, can we, can we swear? So I, I love... The answer is no, 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 you cannot. Um, l- let's hear one more clip, and then, and then we'll get out of here. Travis Kelsey... Uh, on his feelings, his brother Jason. By the way, Jason played a great game. Chris Jones, uh, the Chiefs defensive line, did nothing. Nothing in that game. Here's Travis Kelsey on his feelings for his brother. There's nothing you can really say to uh, a loved one in, that, in a situation like that. You know, you uh, you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him and, and, he, and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. Much better there than him after the game saying, ah, everyone that disrespected us. No, no one did that. Stop it. All right. On the other side of the show from TSN Edge, Dominic, Dominic Padula is going to join us. And we'll look back at some of the more interesting betting stories from last night. And, hey, you already got a bet down on who's going to win it all next year. We'll get into that next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 1050, but I bet you already knew that. Joining me now from TSN Edge, senior sports betting analyst, it is Dominic Padula to look back at the Super Bowl from a betting perspective. But again, a betting perspective is really just what we saw in the field perspective as well. Dominic, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, heck of a season and uh, looking forward to putting a ball on it and starting to look towards next year. And we will get there because you can already start uh, placing down bets on who you think is going to win the Super Bowl next year. I, you know, actually, no, no, no. I will save that. I will save that. Um, but for you and just uh, and people can read your column, Morning Coffee at tsn.ca slash edge. Reading this morning, uh, overall, a successful Super Bowl for you, sir. Yeah, successful Super Bowl. The big one for me is the Gainwell prop we talked about over the past couple of weeks on your show. Just jumping on the over 16.5 rush yards, over 19.5 rush yards later in the week. And then uh, I saw the over rushing attempts, over 4.5 rushing attempts pop up. And yeah. I actually liked that one the most out of all of them, but it was only offered at a couple of spots. So 
Did well on the Gainwell props. I had a pending future on the Eagles that did not go well, but uh, you win some, you lose some, and uh, certainly feeling good on on this Monday morning coming off a a profitable Super Bowl. One of my bets was the Gainwell over four and a half rush attempts. You could find it on, uh, on, uh, I found it on FanDuel, so that was one of my big ones. My number one that I won, my number one bet I said last week, was both teams to score 20 points or more. So, uh, Dominic, I was feeling pretty good about that one early in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Great bet. Obviously, the Eagles jump out to that lead, and you know that uh, Chiefs are going to be playing from behind, even at the time when Mahomes goes down with the injury. They're already at 14, so they just need one more score to get there. That was a great bet by you. Yeah, I was uh, I was thrilled with that, and I gave that out to a couple of my friends, and so it was nice where I seemed like the smart guy. I broke my streak. Um, speaking of Mahomes limping, from a betting perspective, how tough was that loss for the Eagles when you consider the history of the lack of double-digit comebacks and the Eagles were minus 460 on the money line at the half? Yeah, I mean, hey, there's only been six double-digit comeback victories in Super Bowl history and Mahomes has two of them now, which is ridiculous, but uh, especially considering he's only played six seasons. Um, I I think that anybody, look, the, the crazy part that really stands out to me is when you really go back and think about those images that we saw right before the half, yep, it was Mahomes like limping, looking at the sideline. He looked like he was almost in tears. He was in so much pain. We get Rihanna, fantastic performance. Mahomes comes back out, and he looked better than he did at any point in the playoffs. He looked fine. So maybe it was that purple Gatorade that paid off for him. Whatever it was, it worked. Um, he looked awesome. And if you jumped on the Eagles thinking like, oh, maybe Mahomes might not be able to finish the game. Uh, you know, they were already up double digits, so maybe you took a minus seven and a half live. That's a tough spot because the only information you have to go off of is the fact that the Eagles have been so dominant in the playoffs. They were excellent in the first half with the exception of the Hurts fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And Kansas City's best player, the MVP Patrick Mahomes, looks like he might not even be able to continue the game. All of a sudden, you flip to the second half. And it's all Mahomes, especially in that fourth quarter. If you bet the Eagles live, that's an awful beat. Oh, yeah. It's an awful beat for the betters, and it's an awful beat for the state of Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> when, when I'm seeing the reports that Chad Henney is warming up, like when, when, that, yeah. when we went into the half, I was bummed out because I'm like, even though I said, hey, take Kansas City to win the game, um, you know, that wasn't, I didn't, I didn't bet on either side because it was just too close for me. However, it felt like the second half was not going to be very entertaining. Like it felt like, uh oh, we could have a blowout, and and maybe the, and we didn't, which is just such a testament to Andy Reid, to Eric Bieniemy, and to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and a lot of people they were pointing towards the missed field goal by the Chiefs in the first half, um, you know, as a potential hey that that could have swung the game very early on. Um, for me, it's the Bolton fumble return. I mean, just the way that Hurts kind of lost control of that ball and then sat it up perfectly for the touchdown return. When you think about how crucial the penalty on the play before it was, the the actual fumble that leads to the touchdown. I mean, the Eagles led by 10 and a half with that touchdown going the other way. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's a testament to Mahomes and Reed and Bietamie and the job that they do, the way that they kept that defense off balance the entire second half, and in particular the fourth quarter. Um, the motion, um, getting guys running inside and then sprinting outwards. That's what we saw on the penalty against Bradbury with Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and perhaps most impressive 
was the fact that Travis Kelsey was excellent in the first half. He had over 60 yards. Travis Kelsey in the second half, he was clearly dealing with an injury. He wasn't 100%. He only had like 20 yards in the second half. So the fact that the Chiefs were able to put up 24 points with a banged-up Kelsey, Mahomes obviously you know, coming off the injury against a pretty good Eagles defense. They have been awesome until that second half. Um, yeah, just a testament to the job that they've all done. And, and hey, they deserve it at this point. And, and and I'll say the Eagles defense didn't give up 38 points. They gave up 31 because one was the yes. defensive touchdown. However, for everyone out there, you know, I bet there was a lot of people betting. I know one of mine was the, the Hargrave, the defensive tackle for the Eagles, to get one sack at like plus 165 or something like that. But one of the story, to me, one of the biggest stories of the game was how bad the Eagles' defense was, how good the Chiefs' offensive line was. I bet there was a lot of people betting the overs on Eagles' defensive props, and you lost all of them. Absolutely, the fact that they didn't have a single sack in the game. We were talking about it, and and when we got to the fourth quarter, we knew obviously that it was going to come down to the fourth quarter. We kept talking about like. Is it holding? Like, is this just a monumental performance by this Chiefs offensive line? Like, they've been so good. And I think it was a mix of things. I think it was, you know, the refs were obviously letting them play until late in the fourth quarter. I think that um, they were getting the ball out quickly. Um, Obviously, Travis Kelsey was a big part of that. And then Isaiah Pacheco played a monster role in that game. I mean, he took some big hits. He dished out some big hits. And he just kept... Kept trucking. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry, 76 yards and a touchdown. I don't think anybody would have bet on the Eagles not to register a single sack in the game. And further to that, Kansas City to outrush the Eagles. The Chiefs finished with 158 rushing yards versus just 115 for the Eagles. That was the difference in the game. If the Eagles were able to stop the run and run the football, they would have been able to ice that game. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't run it in the second half. That opened the door for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The rest is history. Yeah, it really it really was. Um, and some interesting quirks. If you tell me that uh, the over would hit by 22 points, and yet Patrick Mahomes would be 100 and... You know, uh, 120 or so yards off the uh, the total for him. You know, which which I, I found interesting, but that just screams to once KC got a defensive or once the KC got a defensive touchdown. Once the third quarter had only two drives. Anyone thinking that the the Mahomes overs for yardage was going to hit was sadly disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not many people that would have you know taken. If I told you Jalen Hurts would have 374 total yards and four touchdowns and lose a game, you'd be surprised. If I told you Patrick Mahomes would only throw for 182 passing yards, he'd score 38 points and he'd be MVP, you'd be surprised. That was the best part about this game is there were so many different guys that stepped up, whether it was Hurts, Kelsey, Pacheco, Devonta Smith had a massive game. Um, and Mahomes, did, you know, to his credit, like that big – that big 26-yard run that set up the go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter, like yep. that was incredible. And you know what? Maybe if, if Mahomes is 100%, are the Eagles really not leaving a spy in there? Are they really leaving the middle of the field wide open for Mahomes to take off and run for 26 yards? I don't think they are. So the fact that he was banged up but still able to go, I think on that play in particular really worked in his favor because he was able to take off and scramble for 26 yards and there wasn't a single Eagles player in the picture. The big part of that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely. It was a, a very unexpected run by Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes. 
All right, we're joined by Dominic Padula from TSN Edge. So if we are looking ahead, uh, KC 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, Eagles 9-1, to one, uh, Bills 8.5-1. Uh, my, my feeling is, is this is kind of a sucker's bet right now. You need to wait for more information. Like, I, I've said many times that when the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown, I then bet on them to win the NFC East. But I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on already placing bets on next year's Super Bowl? I don't think that there's any reason to rush it. I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, the Bills were the favorites. The Chiefs were 10-1. to 1. That's better a better number than you would get betting the Chiefs now. Same thing with the Eagles. They were 21. They're 9-1 to 1 now. The, the biggest thing that stands out to me is some of these um, prices seem lower than they should be, and I think part of that is um, baking in the expectation of what these teams will do in the offseason and not getting caught off guard. So, like, if you think the Jets are going to get a quarterback, well, they're already 25-1, which makes them a top-10 choice. So I really value their betting the Jets. If you think that um, the Detroit Lions are going to take a big step forward, well, they're already 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe not the best value there. I think we're going to see a team in that probably in that top eight, 20-1 or shorter that emerges as a Super Bowl champion next year. I got my eye on the Cincinnati Bengals right now, yep. 9-1. to one. I'm not jumping to bet it, but it's like, look, they could have very well been in that Super Bowl. And based on the outcome, they could have very well beat the Eagles. Um, they got Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow. That group together, I think they got a, a, a real swag to them. I think they improved their offensive line in the offseason and their defensive secondary, and then they're right back in the thick of the mix, right where the Chiefs and Bills were at the end of last year. So I like the Bengals at 9-1, to but again, to your point, there's no reason to rush the bet on the Super Bowl future right now, especially with all these teams that 10-1 odds are shorter. Yeah, it's funny, though, you mentioned Cincinnati. That would be the only one where I'd break my own rule. But no, I'm not going to be uh, placing a bet now. So as, uh, as we let you go, the NFL season is done. What's next for the morning coffee column? We're going to try to, you know, talk to as many people as we can and, and do as much research as we can and, and get ready for NHL and NBA. Last year, the NHL playoffs were outstanding. That Colorado Edmonton series was fantastic. We're going to try to get back into the mix with hockey and NBA and give out some more winners. And, and before we know it, March Madness and the NFL draft will be here, and, and we'll be looking to handicap that as well. So, I mean, look, the NFL season's over. It, it's a little bit bittersweet, but it was a long year, and now we get to look forward to uh, you know whatever happens in the NBA and NHL and other sports. And, and I can promise you we'll have some winners for you guys. Nice. Hey, Dominic, really appreciate. We will chat soon somewhere down the road, but uh, you know, take a couple days off. Enjoy yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is Dominic Padula, TSN Edge Senior Betting Analyst. On the other side, we do it every Monday. It is the Monday Matt Mood Meter, because again, alliterations are what fuels this, uh, fuels all of radio. That's coming up next, right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 1050. Coming up on the show, we got Mark Masters at 3 o'clock. And I, it is completely fair to once again wonder and question the emotional maturity of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, every team loses to bad teams. Colorado does it. Tampa does it. You will find it all over the NHL. You'll find it all over in sports. 
In baseball, bad teams will go on a, an 11-3 run. The problem here isn't just the fact that the Leafs lost to Columbus 4-3. It gets worse when you think about the fact they were up to nothing. It gets worse when you think about the fact they were outshot 36-18 in the final 40 minutes. But the bigger part is that Toronto has now three wins and seven losses against the teams that are in the bottom of the standings in each division. All these losses against Montreal, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona, and now Columbus. Not the best. Not the best. It is fair to just wonder about the emotional maturity of this team because we've seen this year in and year out. They have earned the skepticism. Now, if you want to push back and say it's one game, fine. My pushback to you is what have we seen over these 10 games? It's not that the Leafs aren't a good team. They are. They're often a great team. But losing the way they did, woof, that was a tough one. Like, and we'll play the sound in a little bit. Sheldon Keefe talked about the team was outworked, outplayed. And, man, did you see that on the Boone Jenner goal that made it 2-1 in the second period. The Leafs had so many chances to clear it. Moments like that are why you look at Pierre Engvall and you go, you're a fourth liner. And third the, at best. Third at best at best and that's if I'm being nice yeah and that for the Leafs to do well they're like like that game on Saturday I, I two thoughts I had one that that was the game where like oh that's why Kyle Dubas needs to get a top six forward and my other one is hey Justin Hall you do you realize Connor Timmons signed a two-year contract yeah like your place your, your spot is not secure your spot is very and it's not like connor timmons is is the next bobby or anything but they signed him to a two-year deal they like what they've seen and and there's you know just bad Gosh. positioning by um by justin hall on uh fail to box out marchenko um you know on um on one of the goals and and then and kent johnson beat justin hall for position on the game winner anyway it's Monday. It's time for Monday's Matt Mood Meter. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. It's Matt's Monday Mood Meter. Are you kidding me? This baby is off the charts. <laughs> on TSN 1050. Mondays live here. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. By the way. Once again, needs to be said, the Super Bowl should be on Saturday. We're all polluted. We're all tired. We're all full. We're all bloated. Thank just because you had to work the morning show. Uh, no, not even that. Not, not even just that. <laughs> not even that. I mean, it certainly didn't help. Um, and then I had to drive some of my friends home. They're like, hey, oh, Matt, can you drop me nasty. home? I'm, I'm like, ah, I just I want to race home and make I all my finished bed. notes. And <laughs> Yeah, but Super Bowl should be on a Saturday. Simple. But Sunday is for football. There's plenty of playoff games on Saturday. But Sunday is for football. CFL is on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday. Sorry, let me correct my College state. football. <laughs> Sorry, let me correct my statement. NCAA state. is on Saturday. Sundays are for NFL. Thursday nighters on Monday and we've nighters. we've seen how good those Thursday nighters are. Thank you for proving my point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Saturday. Three to six or whatever it was this year. Saturday Super Bowl. Anyway, sorry, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got for the Money Matt movie there? All right. Well, we're going to start with a Super Bowl one, obviously, because mm-hmm. why not? Why not? Matty, you're Jalen Hurts. Hmm. You just outperformed yep. 
Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Yep. You threw for over 300 yards. You became the first quarterback or first player ever to have 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, and three TDs. Yep. Which, by the way, you've, you're the only player to ever do it, and you've done it twice. You were that close to a Super Bowl. Yeah. But you lost to Patrick Mahomes. How are you feeling right now? Rich. I'm feeling rich. Because it's soon going to be time for a contract. And if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, you might have beat me on the field. But, brother, I'm going to beat you in the pocketbook. Because the salary cap is going up. Like always. Like always. And it's a good jump up for them. And there's a chance Jalen Hurts in the not-so-distant future is going to get more money is good. His average uh, average annual value AAV, whatever the hell that stands for, um, he'll be making more money than Patrick Mahomes. So that's the only thing. Like money can't buy happiness, but it can sure take away the blues. So if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm feeling rich. Nice. All right. Sticking with the Super Bowl, you are the Kelsey parents. Mm-hmm. One of them. You can pick whichever one. Up, yeah. to, your, up to you, Maddie. How, what is your feeling? The next. Family function. Pride. Nothing but pride. And let's start with the center, Jason Kelsey. Did you hear Chris Jones's name mentioned at all no. during the broadcast? No. Um, one time. Sorry. One time. And I, it wasn't because it went up against somebody else. Yeah. Well, the, well, the, thing, the only time I really did you, uh, Chris Jones's name, when, when, on one of those like third or fourth and ones, Chris Jones jumped high. And then oh, they, that's not what I heard. And then they pushed him back. Yeah. And Chris Jones looked like he was crowd surfing. Yeah. And so right in the middle of all that chaos, Jason Kelsey. Yep. Kelsey was great. If I'm the parents, I'm feeling pride. Maybe feeling a little awkward. You know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing? <laughs> the next event, you know, when, you, when, when you're cutting the pumpkin pie, the chocolate cake, the whatever, Jason gets a little larger size. <laughs> a little bit bigger. He gets a little larger size. Oh, oh, we only got a little bit more red wine. There you go, Jason. <laughs> Eat up, drink up. You deserve it. But if I am the family, I'm feeling pride because Travis Kelsey, I mean, you know, I, I'd love to find someone that just analyzes offensive line play. And yeah. I know Kelsey had the touchdown. Uh, Travis uh, had the Back touchdown. Kelsey. Yeah, the, the T, uh, yeah, the tight T end. Kelsey. Yeah, T Kelsey. <laughs> but I wonder when it got graded out, who had the better game? Could have been Jason I, Kelsey. That's a great question. Because yeah. honestly, and I've been saying this for a few years, I, Jason Kelsey is one of the greatest centers to ever play the game, if not the greatest center. Whoa, slow down, okay? I said one of. Okay. You, know, you said if not the. You use the word if not the. I, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think he is, but I'm, I'm okay to say that he's top five. We're not. We don't have time for that today, because I, I, would, I would get into an argument about the greatest. Anyway, sorry, but finish your thought. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, you have a player like that, and his brother is one of the best tight ends in the game right now. Like, yeah. how, how do you not have pride if you're the Kelsey parent? Oh, yeah. You're, you are feeling absolutely great. By the way, Mike Webster would like to have a word with you. He's no longer with us. Jim Otto would like to chat with you for a second about the greatest setters. Anyway, ah, Dermonte Dawson. Okay, Matt, this will yeah. be, be a middle-of-the-summer conversation. Okay, Write it right. down yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can do let this. Me, okay. Email that. July 28th conversation. <laughs> Third hour of show. Okay, what is, what's next? What's next? Uh, you are a Blue Jay fan. Mm, I am. It's spring training day one yeah. today, Matthew. Yeah. What are you feeling heading into 2023? 
I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm feeling good about the team. They have extended how many teams make the playoffs. So I'm I'm feeling good um, overall. One, I'm feeling relief because now football is done, and I I feel like um, I I feel like I'm uh, um, a sports whore. Where it's like, I'm just moving from... I'm promiscuous. I'm a promiscuous sports fan where it's like, oh no, football's done. I'm like, hey, baseball. You know I've always loved you the most. What's that? Pitchers and catchers? Are, are you in Dunedin? Mm, you look good with that Hawaiian shirt on right now. So I'm feeling like the promiscuous sports fan where I need something to fill my life now that football is done. <laughs> Didn't expect that, did you? Fans, uh, I would love to point this out here. Yeah. Matt not only did that, but he picked up the mic and got right. really close to it. That's right. I picked up the mic. It's I'm holding very, it. It's very unsettling. From very central. Holding it. Anyway. Nope. Not going to go down that uh, road of jokes. I'm going to leave uh, Monday Mood Meter there. Because yes. I think that might be the best way to do this. Good spot. Speaking of hot sexy, Mark Masters, our TSN Leafs reporter. We get some hot Leafs talk next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.